At Gospel Community Church, our mission is to know the Bible, share life with others, and bring hope to our city and the world. You're listening to the Gospel Community Church Sermons Podcast, where we go through books of the Bible, verse by verse and line by line, to hear the truth that God's Word has to encourage, discipline, and bless us in our daily lives. Let me introduce myself. My name is Kurt McDonald. I'm one of the pastors here uh, at the church, and this morning it is my great privilege uh, to bring to you God's holy, inspired, and inerrant word. May he add his blessing to it. Uh, This morning, as we begin, what I want to do is give a little update on uh, kind of where we are as a church before we uh, dive into our text. Uh, As you know, uh, back in January, what we did is we launched our Covenant Membership and Renewal uh, series as a church, and there was a couple of reasons uh, why we did that. You you know, we had to go online only uh, as a church for a while. Uh, And then we were able to actually reopen for public services. And and here's what happened. Um, Some folks were attending sometimes. Uh, Other folks were uh, watching online sometimes. Uh, And there was a lot of back and forth on that. And and here's what happened. Uh, We were kind of unsure uh, where our people were. And at Gospel Community Church, we have a deep conviction, uh, a very deep conviction Uh, that the church and the pastors are responsible, spiritually responsible for the members. We also believe that the members are responsible for the church and the pastors. Amen? So so the pastors are responsible for the members. In the same way, the members are responsible for the pastors. Uh, And so in an effort to make things clear, in an effort to see where our people were, uh, we wanted to do or give an opportunity uh, for you guys to renew your covenant with the church. In a, in a year of divisiveness, was 2020 divisive? In a year of divisiveness, we wanted to give an opportunity for us as a church to remind ourselves that we are united in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Uh, And so we offered a covenant renewal process. Uh, In addition, the other reason that we did that is once we reopened, uh, there was new faces floating around, new people were were coming. So once we kind of went online, people were able to kind of get a glimpse of who we were as a church. They watched our services. And so when we reopened the church, uh, new people came. And so we wanted to give an opportunity for those people uh, to enter into membership uh, into the church. And so we launched a a three-week series called Covenant. Uh, And at the end of that series, we offered you an opportunity to go online if you're already a member to renew your covenant. If you were new, uh, you got an opportunity to go online and sign up for the the membership interview. Uh, And so I want to let you know, as Erica has already noted, uh, that today is the end date for that. So the covenant renewal process is ending today. Uh, Today is your last opportunity to renew your covenant. Uh, in addition, if you're a, you've kind of new and you've been floating around, you want to sign up for membership, today is the final day uh, to sign up for your covenant uh, interview. Now, here's what I want you to know uh, at the very end of this process. Here is where we are, okay? 97% of our existing members have responded and renewed their covenant with Gospel Community Church. 97%. That, uh, that's uh, for uh, for all of you math wizards. That's a big percent. Uh, that's that's a lot. Uh, that that is the vast majority. Listen, here's here's what I want to say from from my heart to you guys. 
thank you. I am so proud to be your pastor. I'm happy uh, to be your pastor. This, this makes me so incredibly encouraged. I want to let you know that uh, as I have talked to other pastors, as, as I've spent time with, with other pastors, there are a lot of pastors that don't know where their people are, and they're concerned about the future of their church. Because what happened is, as, as, this, as, as the pandemic kind of sat down on the church, it gave people opportunity to disappear, to, to, to kind of pull back and not engage with the life of the church. But instead, what Gospel Community Church did is said, uh-uh, we ain't letting that happen. We, we, we are united in the gospel. We, we want to continue on no matter what happens. We love Jesus. We want to keep preaching the gospel. We want to keep growing in the gospel. Uh, and so to see that 97% of our people said, hey, we're, we're totally in. We're, we're in. We're going we're gonna to keep going down uh, this road together. As you know, um, many, we, we offered an opportunity for if you wanted to just re-sign your, your covenant, you could, no questions asked, just re-sign your covenant. Lots of folks did that. We also gave you an opportunity that if you wanted to meet with us, if you wanted to meet with the elders before you re-signed your covenant, uh, we gave you an opportunity to do that. And listen, lots of people did that. Lots of people wanted to meet uh, with, with Pastor David and, and, and myself and sit down. And, and here's, I want to encourage you as a church because every single meeting that Pastor David and myself went to was not petty or pointless. M meaning this, no, nobody came in and said they, they were upset because we changed the color of the carpet. Or, or nobody came in and said, you know, they got their feelings hurt at the potluck because somebody, you know, dissed on Granny's dish that they brought. No, no, it, it, was not, it was not silly stuff. It was theological questions. It was philosophical questions. Uh, it, it, it was social questions uh, that, that people were bringing to us. And every single meeting that we sat down with our members and that we had was totally legitimate and, and had a, a serious point that, that needed to be discussed. And so, again, I just, I want to say thank you. I want to encourage you as a church. I want us to look at this process and, and realize that the Holy Spirit of God has been working in our church, is working in our membership, is working in our church body, and, and I want you to be encouraged this morning. In addition, not just 97% of our membership said we're going to renew our covenant with the church. Again, do we wish it was 100%? Absolutely, we wish it was 100%. But that small percentage of people that did not renew, they've been gone a while anyway. So not only did 97% of our people renew their covenant, we also added nine new members. So in a, in a year where like the, the church was, was not meeting, uh, where, where people were scattered, where the church, we were supposed to shrink, instead God said, I'm going to bring the growth. Uh, in a year where finances should have been tight, the Lord said, I'm going to bring finances. In a year where we should have seen nominal spiritual growth, the Lord said, I'm going to unite you in the gospel, remind you of your purpose. I'm going to grow this church and make it glorify me. That's what God did. And so if you're taking notes, by God's grace, Gospel Community Church has come out of the storm even stronger. And you say, wait, wait a second, Pastor, wait, what do you mean out of the storm? You know, a pandemic's still going on, uh, you know, the politics is still in a mess. Listen, church family, that was never our storm. 
Hello? <laughs> that, so that was that. So, so the pandemic and, and politics and everything that was going, that was never our storm, church family. Our storm was, was getting off focus. Our storm was, was getting off mission. Our storm was, was, was getting to a place to where we would forget what we're called to do. That's the storm that we faced, and we came out on the other side of it stronger by God's grace. So financially, the church is in the best position it's ever been. Numerically, we have grown, and spiritually, we are even more united in Jesus, and there's a greater sense of clarity about who we are as a church and what we are supposed to do. So what does that mean for us as a church? Here's, here's what it means. I want you guys to jot this down. It's time. It's time. It's time to engage in the life of the church through generous giving and selfless service. And wouldn't you know it, church family, that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is going to talk to us about today. <laughs> that's, that you, you guys know I want to give you a church update, but you know i got to get to the text. we we got to get into the text and look at what God has for us. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking to us about today. He's talking to us about generous giving, and he's talking to us about serving the church in a way that is absolutely selfless. Just look at, look at verse 2 in this text. He says, on the first day of the week, each of you should put something aside and store it up. That he's going to talk to us about giving generously to the church. In addition, he's going to talk to us about serving the church selflessly. Look at verse 9 in our text today. He says, for a wide door for effective work. A wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. So we're going to be looking at generous giving, selfless service to the church. And, and here's the whole reason why. Here's the bottom line. If you check out for the rest of the sermon, let me just give you the whole thing. Here it is. We are called to generosity and serving selflessly because he is worthy. He's worthy, church family. Jesus is worthy of your tithes. He's worthy of your offerings. He's worthy of your service because of everything that Jesus has done for us. He made himself poor. He brought himself low so that we might be built up. He gave his life on the cross so that we might be brought into the family of God. Because of the death of Jesus Christ, we are justified, we are sanctified, and ultimately we will be glorified with him. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. And so because he is worthy, we give generously and we serve selflessly. Philippians 3.8 says this, Indeed, I count everything as loss. Why? Why does the Apostle Paul count everything as loss? Because of the surpassing, what's that word? Worth of Jesus Christ, knowing that Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. So church family, it's time. It's time, it's time, it's time to engage in the life of the church through generous giving and selfless service. So, so what we saw, are y'all ready to get into the text? Okay, so what we saw last week in the text was this. He, he has been on a, a theological mountaintop talking about the resurrection, amen? He, he has been soaring the heights of, uh, of what, it, what it looks like to have a resurrection body. He's been talking about the resurrection, the real physical resurrection of Jesus Christ and what our resurrection bodies will be. They'll be imperishable, immortal bodies that we will put on so that we can exist in the realm of the new heaven and the new earth. It, it, it's been Completely astonishing. He ends, he, he, he ends with this amazing uh, quote from Hosea. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Incredible. Then he, he begins to take an exhortation 
and turn it into practical application. Are y'all with me? He takes an exhortation. What's the exhortation? Well, the exhortation is the last verse in 15. Would you look at it? He says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. That's an exhortation. He's, tell, he's exhorting you. He's encouraging you. He's calling you to something. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So he takes that exhortation, and now he is going to land it squarely in practical application. So, so what work of the Lord do we need to be immovable, steadfast, and always abounding in? What work of the Lord? Well, apparently what had happened is they had asked him a question about giving. They had asked him a question about uh, monies that are going into the church. We know that because he uses this repeated phrase, now concerning. Look at, look at verse 1 in chapter 16. He says, now concerning. He does this all of the time, all throughout this book. He said, now concerning spiritual gifts. And then he talked about spiritual gifts for three chapters. Uh, now concerning meat sacrifice to idols. And then he spent all this time talking about that. So apparently they had asked this question about giving. And so he is taking this exhortation and shifting it into practical application by answering their question about giving. Are y'all with me? Okay, verse one. Now concerning the collection... For the saints, okay, what, what questions should we ask there? Who are, who are the saints? Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. Okay, the first question is, who is the collection for? Well, if, if you'll just skim down to uh, verse 3, you'll see that he's going to carry this gift to Jerusalem. So this is for the saints or the Christians in Jerusalem. Uh, here's what we know about the church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem, the Christian church in Jerusalem, was uh, apparently a, a very impoverished church and, and had a lot of uh, members in that church who, who kind of were facing financial difficulties. And so what the Apostle Paul does uh, is every time he goes to a different place or different area, he plants a church. And when he plants a church, he raises up elders, he, he puts things in order, and then he, he sets up this system to where each of these churches are collecting funds, not only to fund the operation of the church itself, but to send to the poor and impoverished believers uh, in Jerusalem. And so that, that's what he does. Just look at uh, Romans 15, 26 through 27. He says, For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. So not just here in Corinth, but he's doing this in other churches as, as well. He's doing this in the church in Macedonia and Achaia. They have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem, for they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owed it to them. <laughs> for if the Gentiles have come to share in the spiritual blessings, they ought also to be uh, service, service them in the material blessing. So what happened is 
as Christianity explodes out of Jerusalem, which is that, that's what happened, right? Day of Pentecost, all, all these people get saved. It's a predominantly Jewish religion at the time, but as it expands out into the Gentile world, the Gentile world is receiving the blessings from the, the Jewish people, the, the blessings of the Messiah, the, the blessings of the coming Christ. They're, they're sharing in these blessings, yet the church in Jerusalem is poor and impoverished. And so all of these Gentile churches then begin to take up funds and send back to Jerusalem to be a blessing to them. So he says, now concerning the collective for the saints, as I directed the churches in Galatia, so you also are to do. So we wanted to know who the saints were. In addition, when are they supposed to collect this? He says, on when? On verse 2, on the first day of the week. What day is that? That's Sunday. That's Sunday when, when they're gathering together. Why are they gathering on Sunday? Again, wasn't this a predominantly Jewish religion in the beginning? Weren't they supposed to be meeting on the Sabbath, Saturday, well, what we see in church history is this shift from a predominantly Jewish religion that's meeting on the Sabbath, and then Jesus resurrects from the grave on Sunday, and then all of these Christians start worshiping on Sunday, and it becomes known as the Lord's Day. Why? Because the Lord resurrected from the grave on Sunday. So he's telling them, as you guys gather to worship the resurrected king on Sunday, you need to take up a collection. Well, who is responsible then for this giving? On the first day of the week, each of you. Who's responsible for taking up this collection? Who's responsible for contributing to the church, its function, and not only that, but contributing to the benevolence of the people in Jerusalem? Who's responsible? Everybody. Everybody is responsible for, for this type of giving. Each of you is to Put something aside. If you're taking notes, generous giving is not just an activity for rich people. It is for all believers everywhere. Listen here, church family. Compared to the rest of the world, we got it pretty good. I would venture to say that most people in this room drove here in your own car. You, you have a washer and dryer at home and a refrigerator full of food and, and a roof over your head and clothes in your closet. We have it way better than most of the people in the world. And so for us to say, oh, the, this is for wealthy people. Come on, we are, we are all insanely, incredibly wealthy compared to the rest of the world. And so our giving to what really matters, which is the growth and expansion of the kingdom of God and the gospel, should, should reflect that. Amen? It should absolutely reflect that. Well, how, how are they then to, if it's everybody's responsibility, how are they then to give? He says, on the first day of the week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper. Now, church family, does this mean that when you give to the church, God fills up your bank account? No, 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 no. Okay, but uh, no, that's not, that's not what it means at all. Uh, the, though some would want to preach that way, that's not what it means at all. What he's saying is, is that your giving needs to reflect how God has prospered you. So, so for those whom God has really, really blessed and really, really prospered, your giving needs to model that. Your giving needs to reflect that. There are others who, who have not prospered as much. Again, the, during the pandemic, you've lost work. It's been difficult. That Your giving should reflect that. that. That's what he's saying. Each should give as he may prosper. Your giving needs to be according to your income. That's what Paul 
is saying, if you're taking notes, if someone looked at your bank account, would they conclude you are radically devoted to Jesus Christ? Now, now, church family, if somebody took your Chick-fil-A bill and, and put it next to your giving bill, what, what, I mean, help me today, somebody, if somebody took your Amazon Prime uh, account and, and, oh, oh, and so, you, so, so what I'm saying is, the uh, the amount of the, the amount of income that God has blessed us with does that reflect what we say we truly believe which is the most important thing is the expansion of the kingdom does our giving reflect that or or does our giving reflect does our giving show that our God is Chick-fil-A and Amazon Prime and, and I'm just picking those two I know that nobody in here struggles with that I'm just I'm picking two random things that don't really apply to us now Here's what I want us to know, because, because so many people in this church are generous. Please don't, please don't hear me taking this church to task on its giving. I'm, I'm not at all. I'm, I want to actually do the opposite. I want to encourage you, uh, because this church is incredibly generous, we as a church are able to be incredibly generous to others. And I, and, I, and I want to praise you for that. I want to encourage you for that. Let me, let me just ask you a question. How much do you think Gospel Community Church gave away in benevolence in 2020? Now, let, let, me, let me define benevolence. When I say benevolence, I mean giving to our members or people connected to our church who are in need, who couldn't pay a light bill this year, who, who uh, got behind on their mortgage this year. If, if you're just thinking of a number, what number do you think we gave away just in 2020? Well, here it is. In 2020, Gospel Community Church gave away $21,584.74 in benevolence funds. Listen, for a church our size, that's bananas, church family. That, that's bonkers. That's, that's a whole, that's again, for you math wizards, that's big. That's a big number. God has blessed this church beyond measure, and because we have generous people, we as a church have been able to be generous to others, and we want to keep doing that. We want to keep going down that road of God blesses us, and we bless other people. God blesses us, and we bless other churches. So not only, church family, have we been able to give away that amount uh, in benevolence funds to hurting people, people in need, people who couldn't pay their bills, uh, pe people who, who got behind on their their mortgage. In addition, we have given away thousands of dollars to Acts 29. Acts 29 is the church planning network that we're a part of. Those funds went to plant churches locally, listen, and globally. So you have, you have been, by your giving, you have been involved in planting churches around the world, around the globe. Uh, Acts 29 is helping to plant churches, and your giving, your financial contribution goes to that we've given thousands of dollars uh, away to that. In addition, we've given thousands of dollars away specifically in our community uh, to help uh, feed people, to, to, to help uh, hurting people in our community. Now, here's what I want you to know, church family. You, you, can, you can mark this down. Ministry costs money. Costs money to do ministry. If, if, if we're gonna get ministry done, if we're gonna see the kingdom expand for the glory of God, it's, it's going to take finance. So let's work together to be more generous and so that we can, 
so that we can bless other people. And listen to me, let me just say this as a side note. If you're here this morning and you are in need, you're struggling, let your community group leader know. Okay, that, that's how this process works. So, so yeah, we, we have given a whole bunch of money away in benevolence, but listen, we, we're also careful how we do that. We don't, we don't just write checks to random people who come up and ask for money. There's a process, again, because we want to steward your money well. There's a process to do that. If you're in need, let your community group leader know. What your community group leader will do was will turn that over to the benevolence board, and the benevolence board will then kind of assess what's going on there, uh, and and will help you. That's how that process. That's how that process works. We got to get back to the text. Look at verse three. Verses three and four. He says this. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. So he says, when I get there, some people thought that, uh, that Paul wasn't going to come to Corinth at all. If, if you, we could flip back and look at chapter four, just take my word for it. Uh, back in chapter four, he was saying, um, oh, nice. Uh, so as a public speaker, here's just something, I'm just going to like pull the curtain back for you. As a public speaker, sometimes like there's a weird noise, like a kid will be crying and you, you just preach right through it. Then other times there's noises like that to where you go, yeah, you, you got you to gotta acknowledge that and, you know, just kind of say, hey, that, that's what that is. There's a weird noise. We're all in this together. You know, you guys are all staring at me. You don't have to talk through it. I do. And we're back. Cool. Now, um, so <clears throat> what uh, tech team in the back? You guys rule. Thank you uh, for fixing that. So uh, what he is concerned about here um, is that they want to be above reproach. So look back at, at verse 3. He says, when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit. So back in Paul's day is just like our day. There, there are some preachers, there are some churches, there are some folks that are in it for the money. And so what he wants to do is put distance between himself and those people who are just all about money and, and want to take advantage of the church. So he's calling for them for those whom you accredit. He's saying, select some people in the church, select trustworthy men in the church. He's saying that there are not just, don't just pick one dude, but pick a group of dudes. There's accountability in numbers, amen? So, so pick a group of people who are, who are gonna be trustworthy and, and are going to, to take this, these funds from there to Jerusalem. So Paul is concerned about being above reproach. Again, this is why Gospel Community Church strives to be above reproach in the finances that you give to our church. First, we, we have an outside Christian CPA that looks over our finances. In addition, we have multiple layers of, of protection within our church that are looking over our finances to make sure that nothing weird is going on. In addition, if you don't know this already, any member of Gospel Community Church at any time can ask to see our books and we will 110% completely open them up to you and you can see them. Why? Because we want to be above reproach. Amen? Amen. So he is asking for them to give. He's asking for them to give generously. Uh, he wants to make sure that everything is above reproach so that they will give. Again, the bottom line is that we are to give generously to the Lord. Okay, I've been using this word generously. Some of you are in the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, how much? 
How, you know, what, what, what do you mean? Well, we've already said that it's according to your income, so your income should reflect how much you give. Well, what about the tithe? Okay, well, nowhere in the New Testament does it command us to tithe. There, there are some nods in the New Testament to the Old Testament system. Uh, again, the Apostle Paul, even in this, in this very book, says, hey, you remember the temple system and how that worked? Well, th- those people who are giving their life to the gospel should be supplied uh, by preaching the gospel, just like the, the temple system. So there, there's a nod to it, but there's certainly not a command to give 10%. If you're taking notes, you are not commanded in the New Testament to give a tithe, but... It's a good place to start, and you plan on going beyond. The command is cheerful generosity. Amen? It's a great place to start. There's nowhere in the New Testament that commands you give 10% of your income. It's simply not there. But at Gospel Community Church, we believe, hey, it's a great place to start. It's a great bottom line. Just start there and focus on how can we be more generous? How can we continue to look at how God has blessed us and transfer that blessing to the church so that the kingdom expands uh, and grows. Now, this is a total sidebar, totally for free. Uh, th- this comes right here with the price of admission. Just another thought if you're taking notes. If, if we are going to give generously because he is worthy, the first step is to make a plan to get out of consumer credit card debt and overpriced car payments. These are the two biggest killers of generosity. Consumer credit card debt. You, you have this desire again. You, you're like, man, I was sitting in church today and the pastor was yelling, screaming about being generous. I really should be generous. But, but then you pull up that bank account and you're looking at it and you see this you know, $5,000, $10,000 worth of consumer credit card debt with an interest rate that like, just makes you want to cry. And, and you're going, there, there's no way. There's no way that I can be. It, it becomes a barrier. Consumer credit card debt becomes a barrier to generosity. Uh, especially when you know you, you pull up in the church parking lot with that new nice car that also comes along with that five six hundred dollar a month note, amen. Somebody and and man, you look good, you look real good, but you broke. <laughs> that becomes a barrier to to generous giving. Okay, I got to get back on track. Like I said, that was just for free. Now he he, he is going to move from generous giving to his plans and actually Timothy's plans to selflessly serve the church. So, so he has just went from his exhortation be sted, in chapter 15, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. What work of the Lord? Well, generous giving, each, each to his own. How God has prospered you, give. That, that's what you should do. Now he shifts gears and talks about how he is going to serve the church, his plans to serve the church, and Timothy's plans to serve the church in this next section. Look at verse 5 with me, would you? He says, I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey whenever I go. For I do not want to see you just in passing. Do you hear the heart of a pastor? Do you hear this heart of a man who spent time with them, who loved them, who spiritually shepherded them, and, and he's on this journey to, to be with these other church, but he's like, man, I, I, don't, I, don't, just wanna, I don't just wanna pass through. For I, <clears throat> verse seven, for I do not want to see you just now in passing. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits, but I will stay in Ephesus until 
uh, Pentecost. We, we don't have time to talk about what, what's going on in Ephesus. Uh, we, we could go back and read Acts chapter 19 and 20, but listen, it, it's rough for Paul, okay? He, he has essentially started a riot in Ephesus by preaching the gospel and is almost beaten to death. And what is so incredibly insane about the Apostle Paul is that he's repeatedly shipwrecked, repeatedly beaten, repeatedly stoned, uh, and he keeps on going. The dude gets bit by a snake and shakes it off in the fire and keeps on preaching the gospel. I mean, it's insane. His selfless service is, is just beyond compare. He decided in his mind that Jesus is worthy, and so he pours himself out in, in selfless service to serve the church. This is what the Apostle Paul does. Look at verses 8 and 9 with me, if you would. He says, but I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, verse 9, for a, you need to underline, highlight, circle, for a wide door for what? Effective work has opened to me, and there are many avenues, a wide door of effective work. There is the Apostle Paul in Ephesus after starting a riot, mind you, um, after almost being beaten to death by the mob, mind you, decides that he's going to stay because he believes that the Lord Jesus Christ has opened up this door and this door is leading him down a pathway for effective, who makes it effective? God makes it effective for effective work. The, the Apostle Paul sees that, that his, all of this trouble, all of this strife is actually leading to opportunity. His, all, all of these people, all of these adversaries that are coming after him, he's not daunted by it. He actually sees it as opportunity. He, he sees that his trouble, his strife, his difficulty, his pain, his suffering is actually a doorway for effective effective ministry. It's, it's, it's a crazy, it's an upside down way to, to look at ministry and how we usually do it. When we start to, to try to be effective for the Lord and we get a little opposition, we get discouraged and we say, oh, I guess God's not in this. We, we believe God's not in it because the pathway is difficult. Church family, he just said the pathway is difficult. God must be in it. He, he looks at it in a completely different way. He sees this pathway for effective work. Church family, listen to me, Gospel Community Church. God has blessed us last year and is blessing us this year, and I want you to know as a church that there is a wide open door for effective work at Gospel Community Church. There is a wide open door for you to get engaged. It's time. It's time. It's time to get engaged in the life of the church, the work of the church. The door is open wide for you to jump in, for you to get involved, for you to start doing something for the kingdom of God. What, what can I do, Pastor Kirk? Well, I'm glad you asked. I brought a list. Here we go. Here is the work that needs to be done right now. Again, I'm telling you, it's time. It's time, it's time, it's time. There is a wide open door at Gospel Community Church for effective work, effective ministry to be done for you to serve selflessly. Here we are. Here's the work that needs to be done. Number one, we need more community group leaders and co-leaders. I, I was telling, oh, <laughs> uh, Charles Bird receives that. He's the director of our community groups. You said we need uh, four or five new group member, group leaders? We need four or five new community group leaders. What happens, church family, when our church grows? When our church grows, groups grow. And when groups grow, houses don't grow. 
You get what I'm saying? As, as the group gets bigger and bigger and bigger, the house don't get bigger and bigger. People just get more and more cramped, and, and, and you know, everybody's freaked out about that anyway. So what we need to do is we need to get more. We need to train more community group leaders, and we need to expand our community groups. That's effective work that needs to happen now, right now. We need more group leaders. If that's you, go see Mr. Charles Bird. Number two, we need more volunteers to reopen Gospel Kids. Don't, don't you... Don't you love Miss Erica Robinson? She is such a blessing to our church. She was so nice and letting y'all know that we need more volunteers to reopen God. I'm not going to be that nice. So, so again, she, we have set a goal as a church to reopen Gospel Kids in April. And, and again, I'm exhorting you as your pastor. We need, I think the number is 14. We need 14 volunteers to be able to open up, to reopen Gospel Kids in April. The ministry that she provides for our children is priceless, and we need to support her in every way that we can and get back there and serve the kids. We need more group leaders. We need to, uh, more volunteers to reopen Gospel Kids. Number three, we need to relaunch our student ministry. So we, we had just gotten our student ministry up and off the ground, and then what happened? The pandemic hit, and we had to close the whole thing. We closed Gospel Kids, we closed Student Ministry, we, we took everything down to the bare bones. And so what we need to do right now is get Gospel Kids reopened. We need to expand groups, we need to get Gospel Kids reopened, and we need to relaunch our student ministry. We need volunteers to do that, we need people to step up and lead that ministry. There's a lot of work to be done. Again, there's a, look at verse 9. For a wide door for effective work has been opened. This is the door that has opened the gospel community church. This is the wide door for us for effective ministry. And this is work that needs to be done right now. Number four, we need to reorganize and add more systems to our biblical counseling ministry. Uh, we're, we're getting help with that uh, from, from some people in the church. Uh, but listen, the, the vast majority of biblical counseling that's happening right now comes through myself and Pastor David, uh, and there's, we just don't have enough man hours to do everything that we need to do and do biblical counseling. And so we're, we obviously, we're going to keep doing that, but we need a team. We need a biblical counseling team uh, that needs to be formed in the church. We have people that are waiting on us that we can't get to because we just don't have the man hours to do it. And so... That again, that is a wide open door for effective work. So we need more community group leaders. We need to reopen gospel kids. We need to relaunch our student ministry. We need to reorganize and add systems to our biblical counseling. That's, what, that's the work, the effective work that needs to be done right now. There's work, there's other work. <laughs> there, there's future work that needs to be done. Here we go, because you asked. I'm gonna tell you, here, here is the work that needs to be done long-term or in the future. Number one, we need to expand our elder board. Gospel Community Church has two elders right now, and we need more. Again, we are running out of man hours to, to do the task that God is, is calling us to do. So we're looking for a man that loves Jesus. We're looking for a man that has his life in order. We're looking for a man that has a big plate. Help me today, somebody. You know what I mean? He, he, we're looking for a man that loves Jesus, has his life together, and has a big plate uh, because the, the, a lot of stuff's going to get put on there is, is what I'm saying. That's what we're looking for, and we hope to do that uh, this year. Again, future work is this. The current facility we are in is for sale, so we are searching for a building or land. Either way, we need to raise a lot of capital. So if you don't know this or you, you hadn't heard this yet, this entire complex, so not just this building, but basically this entire complex is, is on the market. And what that means for us is that our future here is uncertain. Uh, somebody could buy it and leave it just the way it is, which means nothing would change for us. 
Somebody could buy it and double our rent. We don't know. A developer could buy it and bulldoze the whole thing to the ground. Again, this is a very old building. We don't know. Our future here is uncertain. Uh, and so what we need to do uh, is find a building or find some land. Uh, I'm, I'm so encouraged. Uh, Dovey is, is leading up that team for us. She has an amazing team uh, surrounding her that, that's working on that project. But there's a lot of work there that needs to be done, and I'm sure she would love to hear from you uh, if you are interested in, in helping with that, working on that. Again, future work would be adding an elder, current facility. Number three, we would love to see an adoption ministry begin at GCC. There, there, again, there's, there's future work. that we don't, we don't have anything like this right now, but we would love to see a team of people form at Gospel Community Church, and what they decide to do is just figure out how to fund people who are looking to adopt children, uh, looking to uh, just support them even after they adopt. We would love to see that happen at Gospel Community Church. Or, or how about this? We would love to see a ministry that advocates for the pro-life movement. I mean, that, that would be an amazing thing to happen in our church. We would love to see that. We, we, we've got this door that's wide open to us. Listen, church family, we're, we're a bunch of young families with kids. God has blessed us financially. We've got energy. The gospel is still true. Jesus is alive. There's a wide open door for effective work. It's time. Let's get to it. Let's get after it, church family. There's work to be done. It's a wide open door for effective work, and it's open to us. Let's Go, let's go, let's go. Look at what he says next. For a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and and there are many adversaries. In the mind of the Apostle Paul, adversaries mean opportunity. In the mind of the Apostle Paul, adversaries mean opportunity. He is looking at both of these things, a wide open door and the adversaries. What are the adversaries, church? Well, you got three big, ad so, so this wide open door is there for effective work in the ministry. If, if you say, you know what, he really is worthy, he's worth doing this, I'm gonna give my money, I'm gonna give my time, I'm gonna invest in kingdom gospel expansion. If you decide to go through this door, you're gonna face three enemies. You wanna know what they are? The first one is your flesh. That's the first enemy. That's the first adversary that you are going to face because when you start to write that check, it's going to hurt. It, it, you're going to look at the, the, the house project that you're going to have to put aside. You're going to look at that, 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 that stuff that you want to buy that you don't get to buy because you're writing that check and that flesh is going to begin to say, I don't know, maybe not this month. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we'll be generous next month. Your flesh when, when you start to serve the church selflessly, when, when you say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to commit to be at my community group every single week. Why? Because I want to be a blessing to people. You got to get the kids in the van and they're all screaming and going crazy and you're going to have to drive there and you're going to have to deal with people in your community group that get on your nerves. Amen? So that, is that just my community group? Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so what... <laughs> So what, what happens is our flesh begins to be our first and primary ad adversary that wants to stop us from doing the effective work. The second enemy that we have is the world, the world system. So the flesh and the world, the world system is going to tell you that giving to the, the church is absolutely ridiculous. You're supposed to build your own wealth, not build kingdom wealth. That, that's, that's silly. The world is going to tell you, why are you giving yourself away? Why are you giving your life away to help and love and serve this group of weird, strange Christians? 
Christian people. This is, this is totally a waste of time. Just surround yourself with people who build you up and, and make you feel awesome about yourself. This is what the world is going to tell you. If you try to go through this door of effective ministry, you're going to be encountered by the adversary of your flesh, the adversary of the world, and the adversary of the devil. When you enter this door, your will be spiritual attack. Satan does not want Gospel Community Church to be fired up, pumped up. The devil does not want Gospel Community Church to believe it's time to get to work. The devil wants us to be complacent, silly, focused on other ridiculous things things instead of focused on intentional, clear gospel ministry. The devil is going to attack. We've been under attack since the day we planted this church. We know all about that. But church family, if you're taking notes, Jesus Christ on the cross has given you a way to kill your flesh, to overcome the world and resist the devil. That's what Jesus did on the cross. That's what Jesus has accomplished. He kills your flesh. Flesh. Jesus gives you the opportunity to kill sin, to kill flesh, to put it away so you can focus on effective ministry. He has overcome the world. That's what he says. I've overcome the world's system. I've overcome the way the world thinks about things. That's what Jesus did on the cross. And ultimately, he puts Satan in his place so that, yes, Satan is a roaring lion seeking who he can devour, but he ain't got no teeth. All he can do is gum at you. Now, Let's look at these last two verses before I black out and lose my mind. Here we go. <laughs> when Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. Timothy's young. Uh, we know Timothy has health problems if you know about Timothy, you know that he's timid. And so he has to go into this hostile church environment. It's a hostile church environment because this church is filled with factions. I'm, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm of Cephas, and the, the, oh, I'm of the Lord. You know, the, there's all these factions. So, so he's young, disadvantaged, he, he's sickly, disadvantaged, and, and he's representing Paul, which the Paul faction would probably, you know, be really happy that he's there, but the other factions really wouldn't. And so what he's saying is when Timothy, see that you put him to ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. What is Paul saying here? He's saying this, selflessly serve in a way that makes it easy on your leaders. Serve in such a way that makes it easy on your leaders. Serve in such a way that makes it easy on Erica Robinson, who leads Gospel Kids. Community group leaders, Serve in such a way that makes it easy on Charles Bird, who's our community group director. Serve in such a way that puts those leaders at ease because they're doing the work of the Lord. That, that's, what, that's what Paul is saying. Listen to the author of Hebrews. He says this in 13, 17. He says, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Listen to this. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. Church family, I just want to end this sermon the same way that I began it. It's time, it's time to engage in the life of the church through generous giving and selfless service. Church family, there is a wide open door. There's a wide open door for us. Don't you see it? Can you see the door in your mind for all of this work that needs to get done that God has called us to do? Church family, we are called to give generously and to serve selflessly because he is worthy. 
when the Lord returns or you see him face to face, you will not regret one dollar, one cent that you gave to the church. And you will not regret one moment of service that you gave to him because you will hear, well done, good and faithful. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given it to us, that you have planted it in our hearts. Lord, let that word go out to us and ring in our ears. Help us to see that it's time for us to engage in the life of the church. It's time. God, you have been so good to us. You have turned adversity into opportunity again and again and again for this church, Lord, and we just thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for every single member that has renewed their covenant. We thank you for every single new member who's entered into membership with our church. We thank you for giving to us so generously. We thank you for the opportunity to be generous to others. You have blessed us uh, again and again and again, more, way more than we ever deserve. So, Lord, light a fire in our hearts to lean into this open door. Help us to walk through this open door of effective ministry which you have placed before us. Lord, because you are worthy. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share the contents of this podcast, but please do not alter it in any way without permission. Please like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook or iTunes. Visit gospelcc.com for more content like this. At Gospel Community Church, our mission is to know the Bible, share life with others, and bring hope to our city and the world. Thanks again and have a blessed day.